Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast, a show exploring how herbs heal as medicine, as food, and through nature connection. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt. I'm an herbalist teacher and the best-selling author of the books Alchemy of Herbs and Wild Remedies. I created this podcast to share trusted herbal wisdom so that you can get the best results when relying on herbs for your health. I love offering up practical knowledge to help you dive deeper into the world of medicinal plants and seasonal living. My goal is that you'll walk away from each episode feeling inspired to start working with herbs in your everyday life. Each episode of the podcast is available on my Herbs with Rosalie YouTube channel, as well as your favorite podcast app. Transcripts and recipes for each episode can be found at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. To get the latest news as well as fun bonuses, be sure to sign up for my weekly herbal newsletter. Okay, grab your cup of tea. Let's dive in. It was such an honor to sit down with Rocio for this conversation. You're going to hear how Rocio was raised in community with the plants, which is something I know many of us wish we had experienced. You'll hear how she finally managed to get her formal education despite a lot of prejudice against traditional knowledge and how she was a pioneer really in helping to really get involved with traditional communities and her deep love of things like cacao and hummingbirds. For those of you who don't already know her, Dr. Ligia Rocio Alarcón has a PhD in ethnopharmacology from UCL and is the director of the IAMO Center in the Ecuadorian Amazon. Rocio is a curandera, ethnopharmacologist, and ethnobotanist who has spent over 40 years working with ethnic groups in the tropical rainforest, the Andes Mountains of Ecuador, and in the Basque country of Spain. She practices and teaches the art and science of curandero and shamanic healing ceremonies a knowledge that she received from both her mother and grandmother. She was born in the Andes of Ecuador at the foot of the Pichincha volcano. Rocio has published many important offerings, including the Oracle Cards, Messages from the Hummingbirds. She offers workshops for different organizations and universities around the world. You can find more about her offerings, including her life-changing trips to Ecuador, on her website at www.iam.com. Oe.org. Rocio has a beautiful and strong accent, so I want to remind you that you can find the written transcript on the show notes page, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can choose to have the subtitle show. Rocio also shows some images during the conversation, but if you're listening rather than watching, I think you'll still understand. Rocio, I'm so excited that you're here on the show. Thanks for joining us all the way from England. Good morning, good evening. Who knows, in all the planet. And thank you very much, Rosalind, for this invitation. For me, it's a honor to be in your program. And mm. really good to hear your voice sharing the, the knowledge of the people, the, putting the communities who love plants together and to understand the, how important are the plants. Thank you very much for, for that activity that you are doing. Oh, Rocio, thank you. I, the honor is truly mine. I've been really excited to see you and hear your teachings. And, and I'd love to start I, of hearing your story of your plant path and the ways that things have woven to bring you here with us today. I say that I didn't have choice. I born in the family that my grannies loved the plants. And coming from a, a special country called Ecuador, that tiny, tiny country that is the same size than probably Colorado State, hmm. but having the most fantastic biodiversity, average 25,000 different species of plants, my God, and different cultural groups that love plants and live and love and develop an incredible partnership with the plants. So I didn't have choice. And my life began when I born and my grannies decided to, to teach me about the uses of the plants and for different, for different activities, different activities for, for women, for different conditions, and loving them into the farm, 
planting and after saying, look how the transformation, they are magic. Look, now we are going to eat the corn because we have different varieties of corns. And they say, do you want something black, yellow? Tell me, tell me, what color do you love? Hmm. And, and I remember my granny always harvesting the corn when it was very dry. And after with a special instrument made with timber, she opened and put in different baskets. I, I didn't understand at that period. And um, we put in the same baskets and she said, don't, because from each part of the corn, we need to divide for different preparations. Mm. That was magic. Mm. To sit and eat as a family together and the children always sit with the elders with baskets. And we were, how say, peeling the, from the big uh, fruit of the corn and putting in different parts for the chickens, for humans, for the pigs, for planting. Mm. She was doing very fast in, in which we were putting in different baskets and granny said, no. And that is a way that how we were learning. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, when we were in holidays, the time to, to harvest the, the wheat or to harvest the uh, different cereals, quinoa, and how the people singing, singing and singing, harvesting. Ha, mm. ha, ha, ha. With the horses breaking, breaking from the big stems, the, the barley or the wheat. And the animals just breaking and the people singing and after preparing a nice, nice food for all the community. Mm -hmm. So that's the way how I was learning the plants. And, and I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. That Those stories are such a wonderful example of deep ancestral knowledge that, you know, to know the corn so well that it's not just corn, but all of these no. different ways of working with the corn and separating the corn and, and also the community involvement of the harvest as well. Definitely. And the songs in the Quichua mother tongue during the Inca period, when the Incas arrived to my country only 100 years before the conquistadores, and they imposed the Quichua, the Quichua language. Mm -hmm. So we were with the, we are part of the, we are, I am mestizo, the mix of the indigenous with the white. And I was sitting with them, with the indigenous, and eating the, the different ways of, of preparing the, the, the food. Amazing. Like, you know, lupinus, these blue flowers and the fruits and the and it's a legume and how they they dry these these uh, these vines and after granny was opening and obtaining this fantastic fantastic bean really is a bean that has piles of calcium for women mm -hmm. and the process how they prepare to to allow us to eat because some of the plants are poison, but in the relationship between humans and plants and the coevolution, they learn how to remove that toxicities and allow the plants at the service of the humans to, mm. to be eaten for us. So we were learning that, how to wash this, how, how long uh, washing in water for two, three days after cooking and granny always touching and and part of that water she was saving to kill parasites in the in the pigs or in the horses. Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, I'm, I have lupins where I live and they cover the hillsides. They're so beautiful. But the knowledge of how to use them is, you know, what I thought was lost because that what's said now is that maybe we can use them, maybe they can't, but they're probably poisonous. And so it's good to hear of this, you know, again, ancestral lineage and deep knowledge of these plants. Yes. I am women that are, I born in the Andes Mountains at the feet of the Pichincha volcano. So the people there, they, we call chocho, this lupine, lupinus, and how, how the grannies prepare and the people prepare. And you can find in the markets. I hope that mm -hmm. never we lost that, that ancestral knowledge. That unhappy now is changing for, you know, for very fast food. Instead of eating, usually we were eating this bean 
-hmm. cook the meat after moving all the toxicities, eating with corn, with that we call mm -hmm. tostado, to tostado with chocho. My God, delicious, fantastic, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. full, full vitamins, full mm -hmm. calcium, full minerals. So mm -hmm. that was my diet when I was when, when I was young and I was a little girl growing in the area, in the gardens, in the farm, and in living with the with the people there together. And so, Rocio, you grew up with surrounded by a community that loved plants. You grew up learning from your granny and your mom, and your community. Yes. And then you decided to get a PhD. What was that like? Well, the decision to. <laughs> Well, when I was 18, I decided to to move. Always, I love tropical areas. When when I was young, even a, a girl, uh, my family had the land in, in the subtropical region, and I I went there at the same time, and I saw how magic these plants in a very nice weather, and learning at the same time with the local people, and. One day I decided when I was 18, well, I want to study plants. And I went to the university in my country and I, wa I decided to go to the Amazonia. My parents almost died. <laughs> remember at that period, no good transportation, no Wi-Fi, no phones, nothing. Yeah. Just so my parents decided to go with me. And my dad was driving his uh, his uh, tra little truck. We were crossing the Cordillera. And I saw like, a, oh my God, all that sea, green sea in front mm -hmm. of me. And I felt that my heart was so happy watching these beautiful trees, brutal, enormous trees. So I said, dad, I want to be there and I want to learn with the people mm -hmm. there. So we arrived at the most tiny little town called Misawaji, and I decided to stay there. Oh my God, my parents, my mom crying. She said, I will stay with you. How you are going to be here? How that people, they... and I say, mom, I love them. And I speak the, the local language. I speak Quechua for my granny. So it will be simple. Well, uh, it wasn't simple, but really I found some friends who helped me. And immediately I jumped in a canoe and I went with these Kichwa families. And after I met with the Guauranis, the last hunters, fascinate, fascinate. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning to do my first dissertation. Uh, number one, about the ethnobotany of the Kichwas of the Alto Napo, High Napo. I finished after three years living there. And oh. um, I arrived to the university, I present my, really my dissertation, and we have a new species for science. It was a quite di different dissertation, and one of the tutors told me, this is not science. I'm talking hmm. about 40 years ago, maybe more, and they said, this is not science, you are not going to graduate. <gasps> that was... That was a devastation for my parents and, of course, for me. All my classmates, they were doing research into the laboratory, etc. But I was one of the, probably one or two people who decided to, to study in the field. And my thesis was pioneer in studies about uses of the plants hmm. in the Amazon. And I say, I don't care. Of course, I was very sad. Mm -hmm. And I say, I don't care. I'm going to the jungle. Bye. And I went to the jungle and I disappeared there. I didn't want to know about anything. And I decided to, to stay there, living with the local communities and sometimes teaching in the school and doing activities that I loved, working in the farms, working with cacao, learning how to prepare different plants. At that period, ayahuasca, nobody knew it. Hmm. And I wrote in my dissertation. And at the same time, this other dragon blood, I was pioneer describing the uses of these plants and mm. no science, no good. Gosh. Hmm. So I disappeared in the jungle. And of course, my, my family is so worried. I called them from a little tiny area that they offer only one single uh, telephone and waiting all day to make contact with the city. And I say, mom, I'm okay. And she said, please, would you like to come back? 
we miss you. So I, I make the trip. It was like a 12 hours traveling, like flying from UK to, to Ecuador. So I, I went with um, more plants, with more plants, with collection of plants. And, and some of my friends called me and say, congratulations, Rocio. And I say, for what? They already graduate and I, and I didn't. And they say, Rocio, you, do you know that people publish your, your dissertation? I say, what? Yes. I say, are you joking? Yes, and they are looking for you. They say that uh, they, you need to cite the, you know, the agreement. But already, your tutor from the from your uh, dissertation already he decided to publish it because is uh, is pioneer your dissertation is pioneer here in Ecuador. You say no, I, I don't care. Mm. So the dean of the university, this lady called me and said, Rocio, come on. It was only one person who disappointed with your dissertation. The rest, we we agree. You have high marks. Please sign mm. to graduate. <laughs> so I signed and I graduate. Mm. <laughs> and and of course, it was the first the first dissertation that was published in my country with the support of Aarhus University at that period from mm. Denmark. That that was good, and we have just maybe two years ago, a meeting from the old group who graduated in those periods. And one of my classmates, he was very kind and he said, Rocio, it was so good that you were the pioneer of the ethnobotanic, ethnobotanic studies in Ecuador. You are mm. the pioneer. Mm. Made me cry, mm -hmm. made me cry. And of mm -hmm. course I dedicate to, to, to the local people and to my granny because the university was so good but never at the level of learning with the local people in mm -hmm. the real university, the forest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what struck me about that story, Rocio, is that, you know, you got that <laughs> terrible feedback from that one person and you were just like, I'll be in the jungle then, you know, I'm going back to the real, the real <laughs> world and the real university. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And after I decided to for for reasons in I married and for reasons with uh, my family we came to UK and believe me all the time I tried to 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 study English to learn English during the time of my husband here and uh, the teacher always say Rocio what do you want to do and I say maybe I want to do a master and she said did you apply at a university no but how is going to do <laughs> and I say I don't know somebody will come and invite me <laughs> she said mm -hmm. That's very strange coming from English people, you know. <laughs> and believe me, I I was here and um, and we have a little difficult time in trying to 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 save the life of my family. And we stay here and we were under the, the asylum process. Somebody invited me to offer a talk in a university, in London University. And after that, other person give me a call and say, Rocio, are you Rocio, the ethnobotanist who live in this little town in UK? And I say, yes. And, she's, and he say, I'm sorry, in two hours, my tutor from the university is coming to visit me here at Market Harborough, which is the name of this town. And he said, do you like to come? And I say, yes. After all the time in stress and political issues, I say, of course, yes, some oxygen in my life. And I decided to bring my, my publications in science and, and I brought and I arrived it it was two people there and I say, my God, is, I know this person. And he say, I'm the tutor of the person who invited you. Nice to meet you. And he say, what do you want to do in your life? And I say, maybe I want to study a master. And he say, you, you make these publications in science. And I say, yes. Did you bring for me? Well, I bring for the person who invited me, but if you want it, and he say, okay, they are very good publications. And he say, you will hear, you will hear about me soon. Believe me, after three months, I say, I forgot. And somebody invited me to visit my country. We didn't have job. We, we were in such a difficult period. And already we have the English citizen accepted. And I was ready for, to move and to travel. But of course, going to my country, a high risk. And I say to my husband, one friend of my husband came to visit 
he's here in, in the house. And he said to my husband, I would love to invite uh, you and your wife to visit uh, Ecuador because I want to I want to know Ecuador. And my husband said, no, it's very high risk for our lives. And I said, you know what? I'm going. If the people there kill me, I will die. It's so long time that I don't, I, I don't know in the forest. And I began to cry. But I said to this person, you know, Christian, I, I don't have money. And I don't have anything. And he said, we will pay your ticket and we will be sure that you are safe. So I was in heaven. But mm. the next day, my, my tutor called me and said, Rocio, you want the position of the fellowship to do your PhD because I had an interview. And I said, what? Yes, you want the position. 39 students and you were the top. And I said, what do I need to do? <laughs> and he said, you need to visit the Basque country. Oh my God, where is that? And he said, okay, you need to come. And, and I said, Michael, I'm sorry, I'm going to my country and I will come back in two months. And he said, what? Yes, I, I'm sorry, I, I need my country. And he said, okay, I will wait two months, but yeah. after you need to travel to the Basque country. Okay. <laughs> I went to Ecuador and I was so scared for the threats that we had before. Yeah. I went to the monastery, a place that is safe for me, and we were traveling in the jungle and it was fantastic. No, no risks in that area, nothing. The only day that I stay in the city, in the monastery, they say, Rocio, we are going to the city, to the downtown. And say, no, I need to protect my life. I will stay in the monastery and I will wait for both of you. They went, I stay in my own, and the nuns approached me and said, Rocio, come to eat with some people that uh, are here. Let's go to eat with us. So I went to eat with them, and I hear one of the ladies who say, I sit close to a lady, and she said, where are you from? And I said, from Ecuador. And I said, where are you from? And she said, from the Basque country. Hmm. Well, and she said, yes. And I immediately say, I need to go, and on and on. And she said, I'm a widow. I live in the Basque country, and I will wait for you in the airport. When are you going? And I say, in three months. And she said, okay, this is my phone number, call me, and, I, and I, I live in my own, and you will stay in my flat. Wow. How is that? <laughs> How is that? So I stay in Ecuador, and after I came back, and my tutor immediately called me and said, are you ready to go? Don't talk to me. I'm ready. I have already. I'm arriving to a house of this person. And he said, how did you make the arrangement? And I said, Michael. I need to go to Ecuador to meet with this person who was doing a volunteer activity in my country. Mm. And she will, she will wait for me in the Basque country in the airport. Mm. And that was the beginning to, to be pioneer in the study of the uh, uses of the plants in the Basque country, in mm. the area of Bitoro. And all the people there, fantastic, just amazing. And I didn't drive, and they were helping me with the transportation, staying in the houses. And we discovered how incredible amount of uses of the plants. Mm. It was fascinating how the people use the plants there and the love for the farms, for mm. the way how they prepare the food for the community. Amazing. Mm. So I have a publication about that too, about the, the, the uses of the plants in, in that area. That's mm. how I, I obtained my PhD in ethnopharmacology. Wow. Well, it's no surprise to me that you have so many magical connections in your life, Rocio. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm really excited to hear about cacao from you. I'm so glad that you chose that as your plant. Such an amazing, special plant. And yeah, where would you like to start with cacao? Well, I prepared a little PowerPoint presentation because I love that everybody knows cacao. We have cacao in, in our center in the forest, in the Amazonian. We have the most incredible quality of cacao, and you will know why. Here is Ecuador, my, my lovely country, in re, in this red dot. And here is the country divided in three regions, in four, in four regions, really. I will show the Amazonian area, the border with Peru, the Andes mountains with the cordillera, changing the weather and creating this magnificent 
little climbs to, to, to grow incredible variety of species. And we have the coastal region, the sea, how rich is the sea, and Galapagos Island. That is the country. Tiny and rich in diversity environments. It's the country of the mountains, as I'm saying, the same size of Colorado State, but uh, within a big number of species, as I mentioned before. So in this country, I put this title, sacred nourishment, guilty pleasure for humans. That is the meaning of cacao for me. Mm -hmm. That plant that breaks the boundaries of America from Mexico called Mesoamerica and from Ecuador, where recently, well, uh, 14 years ago, archaeologists discovered in the south of the Amazonian that it was tombs with the cacao grains, 5,000 years old. Wow. And so we have two centers of cacao for coming into the America, the area of Mesoamerica and the area of Ecuador, in, in the area of the Amazonia. So that is the beauty and the rich, how the people, according with, their, with this new discovery, how the people exchange the cacao in America and create and manage the most fantastic relationship between humans and cacao in that area. They didn't know, or probably they knew it, that in the future cacao will be in all the planet, producing the most pleasure and healing process in our bodies. Here we have in our farm, one of our incredible person who, who managed the garden there and showing one of the qualities, one of the cacao. The name of the cacao, Theobroma cacao. Theo means gods, power, food for the gods. That is cacao. We are goddess and gods. Why not to go in passion with this master plan? I call master plan, which means can bring us to the ecstasies. That is the quality of the master plants and have some alkaloids in the physical has some alkaloids like theobromine. Theobromine is the substance that is similar the neurotransmitter into the brain that produce changes in our brain. How a plant can have the same structure like our transmitters in the brain? That is a fantastic co-evolution between humans and plants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So why is important cacao in our culture? It's fantastic in different levels. Ritualistic, we have rituals, and I'm going to share about the ritual. Religion, in, in some areas, cacao is represent a goddess that give power to the people. Medicine, food, and for industrial activities. That's the meaning of as much as we know, but it's more than that. Keep together the families. Hmm. Keep together the grannies, the different generations together during the preparation of cacao. Let's see here, we, we are in Yamoe Center and we have one of our lovely friends, students doing a, a, a simple ritual of the cacao. And look, this, this cacao that I'm showing here is completely different than the other cacaos. It's a high top tree with with fruits hanging. Hmm. And we save, so in our center, we save different varieties of cacao to, to like uh, preserving the, the ancestral knowledge and at the same time, the varieties that hmm. the young generations deserve to receive. And of course, learning different ceremonies. And here you have the, the cacao other variety, different size, different colors, and that is the country with different qualities. The cacao that is the uh, aromatic, a lot of a lot of theobromine comparing with other cacaos is one of our cacao in Yamoe Center. And I'm not advertising, but we work in the laboratory to compare with other cacaos. And this cacao that is coming from the south of my country, from the area where they found the tombs, has the high, high level of theobromine, which means that make the people feel very, very happy. Hmm. So that, that is the power of cacao, make us feel so, so happy. Hmm. And um, 
and I wanted to show this because it's important to, to know the fruit and mm -hmm. to understand that inside of that yellow, like the sun, the, the fruit, inside we have the seeds that needs to, to have a process to be ready to prepare the cacao beverage. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for sharing that with us, Rocio. And you also shared a recipe with us, and I'd love to hear more about the recipe, the chocolate beverage. Yes, uh, I wanted to offer this recipe, which is very simple, very simple, but bring us the memories of the grannies. I don't know if we still keep doing the families, but we have, when we were children, we have in the school two times, in the morning and in the afternoon. So we were going to the school, come back home to have the lunch, and after come back to the to the school in the afternoon. And we arrive home, let's say at 4.30, and granny or the mothers always preparing the cacao for us. Mm -hmm. We can smell the cacao just coming even in the street. Mm -hmm. So the first impression, the aroma. So we were, oh my God, Granny is here, is preparing the cacao, delicious. We arrived home and Granny was preparing in a special container. That special container made, made by bronze have exotic designs. It's, it's uh, long and uh, we call chocolatera. I don't know if I can find translation for that. I don't know, but we call chocolatera. Beautiful. And the instrument to make the movements needs to needs to be made by timber mm. not with the uh, without good metals because grannies always say and even other people of course in the in my city and in the town they say the metal changed the taste and doesn't make the foam and so mm. has like a different parts at the end and allowed us to 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 how say to to, like to, to whisk move it. yeah yes exactly with yeah. the, the cacao so what they use they use at that period you can find in the market what people now call dark cacao hundred mm percent -hmm. at that period we knew it that is good quality of cacao or maybe we were in the subtropical regions harvesting and we we bought from the local people and we, we bought two or three of these circular uh, cacao, blocks of cacao. And granny just uh, grain and put it. Ha you have three choices. One is that you can put, let's say, in a liter of could be water or could be milk, depending the, in different, different regions, or could be uh, coconut milk. Uh, my granny usually prepare with the uh, Sometimes part half and a half coconut milk with water. Mm. And she melted the cacao into the, the coconut milk with water. Mm. And she was doing this movement and singing a song. Mm. And she was saying, si quieren saber, señores, como se hace el chocolate, se lo bate y se lo bate, se lo bate y se lo bate. Mm. That means... Do you want to know, ladies and gentlemen, how I'm doing chocolate? You need to move. I don't know how to say bate. means uh, moving and moving and moving and moving because you need such a strength, a strong strength to, to, to move and to produce foam. Hmm. So, and immediately a lot of foam in the top and the smell, the aroma, fantastic. So she allowed the, 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 the chocolate to, to cook very well very well maybe i will say like 30 minutes okay doing this movement all the time in, in low heat because that is coming booming and wants to go out in this special container mm. when it was almost ready she has two choices one is she can add cinnamon one or two sticks of cinnamon that is one and the other is that she can add Ispingo, what we call, I can find the information called like uh, the, the cinnamon of America. So these, these leaves of Ispingo, they are similar. They, these cinnamons, 
these uh, two plants have are relatives into the same family okay. and the same genus. But Ispingo, the scientific name is Ocotea quijos, quijos in honor of the indigenous who live in the region of the Amazonian, because mm -hmm. this Ispingo is growing only in that area. And it's such incredible aroma, it's delicious. It smells like, like cinnamon. And it's so healthy. Now science discovered, well, the indigenous already in the grannies they knew it, that is good against diabetes. Padua University has very good research about that. So my granny they always put two or three leaves of Ispingo before leaving and put there to, to, to obtain the, the essential oils and the aroma. Hmm. So she put in a special container the, the, the chocolate, we call uh, chocolate, and you have two choices. One is that you can put a baby cheese in the top and that melted. Oh my God, we were eating. <laughs> yes. The, 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 choice, uh, the, the, the number one is usually granny put little amount of melassa but depending on each person. I didn't like so much sweet, but uh, most of my friends and or, or my, my relatives, they love melassa. So granny put, before even moving from the fire, she had uh, a piece of melassa, uh, black sugar, we call it panela, and it's delicious, very healthy. So, and after granny, we, she put the cheese on the table and we can put the cheese. I tell you, we got crazy with that preparation. <laughs> oh my God. And that's one choice. The other that I love it, and still now even my granddaughter here in UK, always I need to bring for her, is that we, we prepare a powder from barley, cebada, barley. <laughs> we toast the barley. You can find that in my country. We toast the barley and after grain and it's a powder and we put into the, the chocolate when it's hot mm. and, you, and you just prepare that paste and you eat that paste. Hmm. As a paste and not as a beverage then. Yes. Could be a, if you want heavy, you make heavy. I love heavy mm -hmm. a paste. Mm -hmm. but if you don't want, you put liquid, not so much powder. Delicious. I tell mm. you, that was our, our afternoon. Uh, before hmm. before the dinner and after that when we finish that granny say okay uh, she say a stories and after okay guys you are ready to do the homeworks of course hmm. we have such an energy to do the homeworks hmm. these are a tonic really for the brain yeah and i hope that we don't lose that now i don't hear so much but that was our after the school preparation, always we have that in, in the afternoon during the time that the five days in the school, day by mm. day. What a beautiful gift to prepare that for you every afternoon. And and that's yeah. interesting about the toasted barley. I was just in the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico and there they make atole with the masa. So they make a hot chocolate with corn, kind of similar. And it creates such a like a I mean, it's really a snack. I mean, it's like this incredibly yeah. nourishing filling and I, I'd be interested to try it with the barley, the toasted barley too. Yes, yeah. yes. Before the barley, before the conquistadores, because the barley arrived from Europe, the, the indigenous groups, they were preparing with corn. Mm -hmm. They have the powder of specific corn. It's not whatever corn. Mm -hmm. And granny was doing for my mom. Mm -hmm. And they were preparing and... Uh, and eating in that way because barley she said was very expensive at that period so uh, of course uh, they they were even my mom she she loves with the uh, with the powder of corn yeah mm -hmm. delicious delicious yeah well thank you for sharing all of that about cacao and the beverage and for those of you who want to download the recipe you can do so at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com and Rocio, you have so many beautiful offerings in the world. I want to be sure that people know about them. So I want to talk about your Oracle deck with the hummingbirds. And I also want to talk about your trips that are coming up as well. So wherever you would like to start, Rocio. Thank you very much. One of my, of my promise to my granny was to write the, the Oracle of the hummingbirds because she loves hummingbirds and she put a lot of 
trumpet flowers in the in the area where she was living called Nono. And, she, and we have very old trees at the moment that all the hummingbirds are going there, most of the hummingbirds with long peak and, and enjoying with the flowers. Granny showed me the, the incredible qualities that the hummingbirds have and the love for them. During the pandemic drama, I was in Ecuador and we were in four walls in a flat because we were supposed to, to come to UK and impossible. So for me it was difficult, but through the window, I saw in the middle of the street flowers there in the hummingbirds going there and I can hear singing and chipping there. And, and I say, guys, I think that it's time to, to, to write the, the oracle of the hummingbirds. And I talked to the hummingbirds and they came calling my attention to the window and I say, okay, let's go to do. And that is how began the, the story of the oracle of the hummingbirds writing about the, the quality of America. America that is the continent that where you can find only there the hummingbirds. Mm -hmm. we, we, we have that such incredible privilege to, to, to be from America and to have the most specific spiritual, spiritual beings that can heal us and can bring energy for the plants. And I, I, I write the, the Oracle of the Cards and dedicate for, of course, for America, mm. for, for the, the, the north, north in Alaska coming down to the Patagonia. And that is the meaning of join, join all, all the, the humans together, like the hummingbirds. And uh, because hummingbirds love, make love with the plants in mm. an incredible coevolution. And how they can change the, the, the peak can change, the colors can change, and the, the flowers the same. They say, okay, I can live with you and you with me. And they make love together mm -hmm. to transform, to transform the landscapes. Mm -hmm. My God, it's, it's amazing. And how hummingbirds can bring the energy of the sand for us as, mm -hmm. a, as a, a rainbow of lights mm -hmm. to heal, to heal our our anxiety, how hummingbirds can shut energy to us and we are thinking only in the now because they are so much fast and so much beauty and colors that we don't have time to have our worries and things like that. No, just the light of the hummingbirds coming to us. So yes, and I love it to write and to dedicate to all, to all the people. And some friends here in UK or in Europe, they say, we don't have hummingbirds here. And I say, you have the flowers. Hmm. Hummingbirds love rosemary, sage, all these plants that went to America. And the hummingbirds love it. Mm -hmm. So for me, my theory is that if you have a rosemary has incredible properties, just to give a name, have incredible properties. What is happening if the hummingbirds are visiting your garden? They are adding more energies for the flowers. And we can enjoy in Europe with that seeds and with that flowers for a tea and bringing the spiritual sight through the meditation, the vibration of the hummingbirds. Mm -hmm. So they are ready for all of us, for all of us. I saw incredible miracles with the hummingbirds. And thank you to the people who, who bought the Oracle cards because with that money, we want to, 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 to create the, the forest in the land of my granny to, to reintroduce again hummingbirds in that area and to create one of the healing centers with hummingbirds. And I invite all the people in, in America to dream because one, one of my dreams is to, to, to see, before I'm going to another dimension, to see the path of the hummingbirds from the north to the south in America. Mm. And you, all the people going there to freedom, with freedom, to be healed and to receive the energy of the hummingbirds and have different healing centers. And all of us working together for, for all the continents. Mm going there and walking and enjoying watching the, the incredible diversity of hummingbirds that we have in America. Average, 
I will say 347 or maybe more different species of hummingbirds. But Ecuador has, in that tiny size that is the country, we have almost 50% of the of the all the hummingbirds. Oh wow! Yeah. It, it is a brutal, amazing. Yeah. Why not America, the land of the hummingbirds? America, the land that joined all all of us together in love and in the process of healing our sadness. That's, mm. that's the dream, and that's why I wrote the Oracle Cards. Mm. Oh, it's a beautiful vision and a beautiful dream, Rocio. I, I also love hummingbirds. I often joke that I just plant my garden for the hummingbirds because everything I look for, you know, that's herbal or non-herbal, whatever I'm planting flowers, I'm always looking to make sure that it's something that the hummingbirds will like because I love having them around everywhere. We only have four species where I live, but I love them all. And I don't want to put out the sugar water. And so, but I want them to have food and I want them to be around us. So I plant the flowers just every possible place. And our house, I gave our house a name and I named it the Chalet des Colibris, which is French for a hummingbird cabin. So yeah, I'll put a picture of that sign in the on the YouTube for people to see, but that's just a beautiful, beautiful vision that you have with your Oracle cards. And I know that they come highly recommended. I was just listening to you on Rosemary Gladstar's new podcast, Voices of Our Elders. It's a wonderful episode. And I loved how Rosemary said that she pulls a card every day when she wakes up in the morning. So I can't think of a better endorsement. (laughs) And you... And you have some trips coming up, which I know these trips are life-changing. I was just reading my friend Beth Ebbing Johnson was writing about her trips with you. And yes, I'd love to, I I want people to know about them, you know, what what they are and when they are and how they can find out more information. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We have, usually I like to organize two two workshops for uh, in Ecuador. And one is in our center, in Yamoe Center, that is in the Amazonia. It will begin 29 of of January. We will keep for, uh, let's say, 12 days where we will live in the the center and we will have a cultural exchange with the local people. We are so lucky to live in the center of high level of biodiversity, which is in, we are located in the buffer zone of the Yasumi National Park, which is a heritage of the planet, really. And we live in the buffer zone. What we can find there, it's so, so fantastic in the way that this uh, one of the high level of biodiversity of trees. We were doing research and we found 257 different species of trees in one hectare. And we work uh, doing, yes. And uh, you can imagine that and each tree has maybe two, three, four, five different uses. To keep that and to work with the local communities, that's why I... Uh, I organize these trips that really support to save the, this piece of, of high level of biodiversity in that area, which is not easy. It's a challenge. And if people is going, they, they are supporting our dream to keep safe that area and to, and to save the, 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 how the people work and to offer workshops for the, for the people there, especially the women. Who live there around Yamoe Center? Our neighbors are the Quichua communities, the Guauranes, the Shuar, and Mestizo. So a rich uh, cultural uh, area at the same time. People who want to join us, uh, still we are in the early bird. And what we are going to offer? We are going to offer how to prepare different medicine with the master plants. Hmm. What are the doses that are good for us? What is the spiritual and physical ecology of that master plants? Hmm. And when I say master plants, we will talk about three or four different master plants, talking about cacao. We have cacao there. We will harvest the cacao and we'll drink the juice of the cacao. Hmm. Fantastic. We will go to the other dimension, just drinking and purifying our body. We use with wild cacao, cacao from the forest, and we will collect that cacao. So have this possibility and to enjoy with the wisdom, with the wisdom that offered the, the, to be there. Walking under the canopy of the trees. Already, you know, there are many research, especially with the Japanese people, about the, how we can be very healthy walking under the canopy of the trees. 
how they can transform the trees can transform our energies in the in the emotional side mm -hmm. and of course we will work uh, in the spiritual side with the local people we will have healing ceremonies limpia ceremonies we will travel in canoes going to to specific uh, clay areas to to purify our bodies and mm -hmm. work with the local people and visit the uh, different areas so that that in the time will go very fast mm. so that is for healing the healers we call healing the healers healing the healers that sounds beautiful yes and the other is in the highland in the valleys of the andes mountains where we will have the possibility to to watch the hummingbirds mm. we will learn the mantras how to call the hummingbirds in the spiritual side many students they when they are right there and they are covering hummingbirds, calling the with the mantras, they are in ecstasy. They say, wow. ah, how is this? And they can feel the tiny wings just touching mm -hmm. you, touching you. Uh, the pigs sometimes coming and, and covering, depending the areas that we need to be healed. Mm -hmm. and, and calling them, and that's how Granny teach me, and calling, calling them and coming and covering you and and you learn the qualities of the different different species of hummingbirds. Hmm. So that is a, a simple example of what we are going to do in the second trip. That is, I think that is the 12th of, of February and, and finish in 21st of February. Hmm. So these are the, the two workshops that, and some people maybe ask, is the same than the last year? I never offered the same, always. Hmm. It's so nice because we are a dynamic with the plants. Mm -hmm. and with the plants, they they have in, incredible intelligence. They are more in, smart than us. We need to accept that. Mm -hmm. And they, they change they change my brain and, and they we talk and say, okay, you want that? Let's go to do. And mm -hmm. each year we change. And this year will be magic in the way to 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 work transforming plants in energy in, in decoration for our bodies mm. and, and to make some tattoos mm. using some plants and mm. yeah well it sounds very tempting what a beautiful offering that you have and i know people just they come away from these trips as a different person and sometimes people do one or the other and sometimes people do both at the same time because they lead yeah. right into the yeah. other so Yes, yeah. the people who, who are doing the, the two workshops, uh, we will cover the, the time that, they, that the differences between the, the two workshops uh, stay there. We will cover the costs. So here you have the email where you can be in contact with the person in charge of the registration. We still are in the early bird, so do it. And that is the, our webpage, www.iamoe.org. O-R-G. Iamoe means the Arpija Eagle. Mm. That is one of the, of the gods of the local tribes. That beautiful eagle that we have in the jungle. Mm. Flying so high, it's white and blue eyes. And my God, amazing creature. And for those of you listening, the email for more information is discoveriamoe at gmail.com. Yes. Rocio, before we go, I have a, a special question for you, and it's one that is just in my heart, is that we're living in difficult times right now. I feel like we've been saying that for a while, but it's true. There's a lot of challenges, and it can weigh heavy on our hearts, and I'm wondering what messages of hope do you think the plants have for us? Well, I think that after many students for some people in the planet, I think that science is verifying what the the elders, many, many generations leave us as a legacy. Only plants can save the planet. Hmm. And I think that the, why the plants can save the planet? Because we are not able to live if we, are, we don't have food coming from the plants. How, how many plants we are eating day by day in our lunch or dinner? How many plants? How many plants we use in our homes? Excuse me, the table the chair, the pen. I still, well, I am dinosaur. I use my pen and I can feel the aroma of the plants. Mm. People enjoy going during the weekends into the parks just to, to chill out under, under a tree. Even dogs 
ar koji nande te čitu dupi. Hummingbirds, birds, and we are so fascinated with that. And of course, this means that only plants, only plants can make different our life. Please don't forget them. Don't forget that they they are calling us day by day. And we need to hear them to understand how to protect our planet. Remember that we are breathing. For what? For the plants. Because the plants can talk with the sun and can bring organic, organic and easy food for us. Transform, transform the minerals, transform with the light and make for us the food day by day. Mm-hmm. Plants love the sun, but they love between them to save the life of we beings in the planet. So mm-hmm. love the plants, love the plants, and the planet will be okay, and humans very healthy. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Rocio. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing all of these stories, and including your story and cacao. And again, it's just really an honor to be able to sit down with you. So thank you very much. Thank you very much to you. And thank you very much uh, to your organization, Rosalie. And, and keep going with these programs because we need to learn a lot mm. from different communities, different experiences. Only with this in this way, that is a, a way to communicate now, we can learn a lot and we can share later. It's a way to save the ancestral knowledge. Thank you for that. And thank you for the people who have this time sharing with us. Thank you very much. Mm, thank you, Rocio. Thanks for being here. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to download your beautifully illustrated recipe card and to get a transcript of this show. There you'll also be able to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is the best way to stay in touch with me. The best way to stay in touch with Rocio is on Facebook and through her website at www.iamoe.org. If you'd like more herbal episodes to come your way, then one of the best ways to support this podcast is by subscribing on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. I deeply believe that this world needs more herbalists and plant-centered folks, and I'm so glad that you're here as part of this herbal community. Also, a big round of thanks to the people all over the world who make this podcast happen week to week. Nicole Paul is the project manager who oversees the whole operation from guest outreach to writing show notes to actually uploading each episode and so many other things I don't even know. She really holds this whole thing together. Francesca is our fabulous video and audio editor. She not only makes listening more pleasant, she also adds beauty to the YouTube videos with plant images and video overlays. Tatiana Rusikova is the botanical illustrator who creates gorgeous plant and recipe illustrations for us. I love them. I know that you do too. Christy edits the recipe cards and then Jenny creates them as well as the thumbnail images for YouTube. Michelle is the tech wizard behind the scenes and Karen is our student services coordinator and customer support. For those of you who like to read along, Jennifer is who creates the transcripts each week. Xavier, my handsome French husband, is the cameraman and website IT guy. Thanks to Rising Appalachia for their beautiful song, Resilience. Find more of their music at risingappalachia.com. It takes an herbal village to make it all happen, including you. One of the best ways to retain and fully understand something you've just learned is to share it in your own words. With that in mind, I invite you to share your takeaways with me and the entire Herbs with Rosalie community. You can leave comments on my YouTube channel, on the herbswithrosaliepodcast.com show notes page, or simply hit reply to my Wednesday emails. I read every comment that comes in, and I'm excited to hear your herbal thoughts on cacao and hummingbirds and the beautiful teachings of Rocio. Okay, you've lasted to the very end of the show, which means you get a gold star and this herbal tidbit. Well, it was such a pleasure to spend some time with Rocio again. I first met Rocio several years ago at the International Herb Symposium, where she graciously agreed to be a part of our plant documentary series, which we released to people who purchased our book, Wild Remedies. And if you haven't seen that, you can at wildremediesbook.com. 
So something that struck me back then when I first met Rocio, as well as it did again today, was how much Rocio leads with gratitude. She always starts with gratitude for the people she's with. She shares gratitudes for the plants, gratitudes for the hummingbirds. And this way of heart-centered gratitude is something I want to continue to strengthen in my own life. And I'm thankful for Rocio for inspiring such a living example of such deep gratitude. 